A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. The Zone. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, prospects for rain in the month of May look a little bit better today than they did last week. How you doing, everybody? Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Youngke. Glad you're along with us. How was the weekend? How about you rainfall reporters? Can you talk or text me any updates that you've got for me? That number, 877-301-3276. The Midwest Farm Report talk text line, 877 877- 301 farm. Now I know wherever I was, it was just kind of trace amounts of moisture, but the good news is more rain is in the forecast. Today, a very good chance of thunderstorms. 68 are expected high. Tomorrow, cloudy skies and 59. Wednesday, cloudy skies and 62. Thursday, another chance of morning showers right around 58 degrees. Stumacher, ag meteorologist, has those weather details coming up. And it looks like Wisconsin dairy farmers didn't see much of a change in their milk price for the month of March. We've got details on that as well. Spring has arrived, and Blaine's Farm and Fleet is ready to help you tackle all the projects you've been thinking about all winter long. So head on over for deals on Snaplock 20-volt grease guns, priced at $249.99. Take $25 off a gear wrench 20-piece ratcheting wrench set. It's $54.99. Save $20 on a 55-gallon drum of clean-def diesel exhaust fluid. On sale, $149.99. And pick up a 115-volt Hobart Handler 140 MIG welder on sale $499.99. Plus, check out these great doorbuster deals. Save $10 on Top Choice Contractors Mix Grass Seed on sale $69.99. Take $2 off a Farm and Fleet utility battery with one-year warranty. Five-gallon pails of Farm and Fleet premium tractor fluid now $29.99. And 20-pound bags of Farm and Fleet clumping cat litter just two for nine bucks. That's genuine value on everything you need under one roof from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. And welcome to the month of May. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And while we're hoping for continued improved weather, all kinds of spring planting, whether it's your backyard, your garden, or that 40-acre plot, we're hoping for all of it to go the right way. We're also hoping for right guidance when it comes to a program that a lot of people have come to depend on, especially in light of the pandemic. And that is what previously was known as Farmers to Families Food Box Program. Bob, that one has gone away, and we're still kind of waiting and watching for details on what might replace it, aren't we? We really are. And of course, when you change administration, every administration wants to put their stamp every place they can. And so Agriculture Secretary Vilsack said, we're going to review the Farmers to Families Food Box Program. He did. He didn't like uh, where some of the uh, dollars were going, where some of the food boxes were going. So they pulled that program. And now we're talking about TFAP, a temporary emergency program, also the dairy donation program. So what does it all mean for the dairy industry? We had a chance to ask that question of Dr. Michael Dykes, who's a DVM. He's also president and CEO of the International Dairy Foods Association. And that's just exactly what we did ask him. As the program is going away in one instance, other programs are coming on. What does it mean for the dairy industry? Yes, I'd say our, our dairy markets are there. Uh, 
We came through the pandemic, uh, I think, uh, quite well from the dairy perspective. Uh, our goal at the International Dairy Foods Association, which our members uh, process and market about 90% of the milk produced in the U.S. and marketed around the world, uh, we came through with our supply chain intact, our, our meaning our farmers were intact that are producing the milk, our processors that are uh, processing the milk, and we were successful in being a part of the effort to feed uh, food insecure Americans uh, during this whole pandemic. So we're, we're, we, we, we were successful in keeping the supply chain intact, keeping our, our employees safe, which is another thing that's often overlooked, but during throughout the entire pandemic, uh, our processing plants continued to operate, and our goal was is to make that eight hours a day when the workers were in the processing plants, to make that the safest safest eight hours of those people's day. We placed a priority on safety of our workers. So, yes, we're back. Uh, we are up. We're running. Consumption is great. Production is up. Uh, and I think our dairy industry is in a good good position today. As far as demand, not only domestically but worldwide, in the initial stages of the coronavirus pandemic, how upsetting was it to the marketplace, and what kind of things did we have to do to keep product going overseas? There are a lot of challenges, be it geographical indicators, the pandemic itself. What kind of challenges did you face, and how did you overcome those? Well, uh, during during the pandemic, uh, uh, you know, with the we were fortunate that the uh, uh, regulatory agencies in the U.S. were uh, somewhat flexible uh, with some of the labeling requirements that allowed us to take uh, some of the products that were packaged for food service and use those at retail. Uh, the pandemic created quite a shock for our dairy industry in that about 50% of the dairy products uh, in the U.S. go through the food service channel and about 50% go through retail. Uh, so almost overnight, our, we saw a market disruption in half of our market, uh, Bob. So uh, making that shift, getting the logistics, the distribution there, for uh, the retail sector to handle that. At the height of the pandemic, we had about 10% of the nation's milk supply without a home. Uh, We had uh, IDFA members continue to take milk from dairy farmers, process it into storable products, such as cheese and butter and powder, uh, just to keep the milk flowing, uh, just to keep the workers employed, even when they didn't have a buyer for those products at the time. Uh, we worked with the government to create the food box program uh, because we had perishable products, dairy, fruit and vegetables, meat. Uh, with those animals continuing to produce milk, uh, the vegetable crops continue to need be, needing to be picked, and we tried to use the idle food service distribution network to pull those products through the supply chain, put them in boxes, and take them out to food insecure Americans. And when the Biden administration came in, Agriculture Secretary Vilsack 
did say he was going to review the Farmers to Families Food Box program. He found some inefficiencies that bothered him and changed the program. What were the inefficiencies he saw? And I guess, didn't anybody expect that to be a problem with the people who have never been in this before as far as distribution, lack of selection in those boxes? What's What's been the effect of uh, of the food box program and now the changes? The food box program uh, was significant. Uh, as a, again, I think it was a win-win-win. I think it was a win for dairy producers. I think it was a win for dairy processors. It kept the supply chain intact. And I think it was a win for uh, those that didn't have enough food to eat, lost their jobs, whatever the reason may be. So I think it was a tremendous program. It was put together quickly. There was a lot of money spent. It had never been done before. So I'm sure any time you spend, they had probably $6 billion in total for food purchases. Any time you spend a significant amount of money in such a short period of time with a brand-new program, I'm sure when we look back on that with the value of hindsight, there will be places you can improve the efficiency. We now have the Dairy Donation Program in its place. That's a $400 million program. How do you feel that is going to uh, change as far as the, the food box program, change dairy's part in it? And what does it mean for processors and the co-ops that, uh, to be a part of this, have to meet some, some standards? Yes, uh, we put a notice out to IDFA members, uh, I guess, last week. Uh, with what we know of the, of the current rules uh, as we've got them from USDA on to how they're going to operate the dairy donation program. It is a $400 million program that uh, extends through the pandemic. So if there's a declared, once there's a declared into the pandemic, the dairy donation program funding would end. They don't have all the final rules worked out. They intend to issue a rule probably later in the summer uh, where they lay out all the, all the rules, but uh, we have communicated what we know about it. It is seen as an alternative to uh, discarding milk, that milk could be processed into various dairy products and donated to food banks, uh, and they'd be reimbursed at whatever the class of milk is that uh, is used to make the product. So if it's for fluid milk, they'd be reimbursed at class one rates. If it's cheese, they'd be reimbursed at class three rates. Still some questions remaining on processing, how much processing costs they will pay, transportation costs, and some of those other details. Also need to be reporting to a uh, federal milk marketing order uh, to be able to participate as well. How long before you think we have the final rules so the processors and the co-ops know the groundwork? Well, uh, we've notified our members to start keeping their receipts, their records, uh, back to December 27, 2020, which was the date of enactment of this dairy donation program, so that when the final rules come out, they'll be able to uh, apply and participate. It is seen as an alternative to dumping the milk or discarding the milk, not seen as an as a third commercial channel uh, on the dairy donation program, because as we go into the spring flush with milk production, Bob, as you well know, cows tend to give more milk. So this is seen as a, as a way to make sure that uh, those who need food would have access to the food rather than seeing the milk be dumped. 
Dr. Michael Dykes is our guest, and uh, Dr. Dykes is the uh, president and CEO of the International Dairy Foods Association. And, Doctor, we talk about the dairy donation program now taking over for the Farmers to Families Food Box program, but we also have a program called the Temporary Emergency Food Assistance Program. How does that fit into this equation now with the dairy donation program? That is a program that uh, allows food banks to place orders with USDA for various products that the Department of Agriculture will purchase for them and then distribute to them so that they can give to uh, people in the food banks. Dairy is on that list. That list has been expanded to include fluid milk shredded cheeses most recently, uh, but also has other dairy products on there as well. So we see it as a key part of uh, feeding Americans. We see it as a key piece of dairy purchases for the dairy industry and providing affordable, nutritious dairy products to Americans. The pandemic isn't over. Thank you, Dr. Dr. Michael Dykes, again, DVM and president and CEO of the International Dairy Foods Association. I'm Bob Bosold. Wondering what the weather is going to be like today? Ag meteorologist Stu Muck will join us in moments right here on the Midwest Farm Report. The roofing, gutter, siding, and window team can swarm the look of your home. Superior service without compromising. Online at prairieexteriors.com. Prairie Exteriors. Now that's impressive. So is there some kind of magic elixir that can strengthen your brain, immune system, cardiovascular system, and help you sleep better? It's not magic, it's running. Try for Schools is hosting the Wanakee Family Trail Run Saturday, May 15th. In person or virtually, your entry supports school health and wellness programs. Register today at tri4schools.org. Try for Schools, bringing out the champion in every kid. Sponsored by Nordic and Midwest Family Madison. Spring has arrived, and Blaine's Farm and Fleet is ready to help you tackle all the projects you've been thinking about all winter long. So head on over for deals on Krylon Farm and Implement Paint. It's a great way to make older equipment look like new, now 10% off. Pick up a Craftsman 20-volt, two-tool combo kit. Ideal for all your drilling and fastening needs. On sale, just $99. Save $30 on a job site backpack from Milwaukee. It's water-resistant and has a pocket for your laptop. On sale, $69.99. Make sure you have the right tool for the job with a 26-piece screwdriver set with holding rack from Performance Tool, priced at $19.99. And save 20% on punch kits from Dasco. Plus, check out these great doorbuster deals. Save $10 on Top Choice Contractors Mixed Grass Seed, on sale, $69.99. And 5-gallon pails of Farm and Fleet Premium Tractor Fluid, now $29.99. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All righty. Thank you so much to all you folks that are using the Midwest Farm Report's talk text line for your rainfall reporting this morning. That number, if you want to jump in, is 877 301 3276 877 301 farm 
Stumach along with us on a Compere Financial Ag Weather Monday. And I got a text from Dustin up in Montello. Inch of rain in his rain gauge already this morning. I mean, that is that is really welcome news for a lot of folks. What else are you seeing out there, Stu? Well, I see that uh, my friend John over here near Eden, a 2,600 some an inch, my rain gauge not too far away, pushing just about three tenths. And then comes the big winners, Reedsburg, an inch and 89 one hundredths, Lacrosse, two and eight one hundredths, and Boston, two and 38 one hundredths. A lot more rain in the western and central part of the state. That's where rain is this morning. Still pushing up from that lacrosse area up into central Wisconsin. Stevens Point further north up toward Wausau. But a warm, a cool front, excuse me, still lies across southern Wisconsin. Low pressure will move east along that boundary. We all get a renewed round of rain today and tonight. And I'd say most of us stand a good chance to see another quarter to half inch. Central and east central Wisconsin could have that pushing up closer to an inch yet between today and tonight. So there's more rain we're going to deal with. Those really warm temperatures of the weekend, they begin to cool a bit today. Certainly, they'll be even cooler than normal Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Frost looking to be somewhat of a possibility. Lacrosse, Boston, and Eau Claire as we make our way on toward early Wednesday as well. I'll have those forecast details right after this. When you see water in your basement, it usually spells trouble. Some other insurance companies might leave you high and dry and not in the way you want. That's why Rural Mutual offers a limited water endorsement on their homeowner's policy to help cover flood, sewer backup, and sump pump coverage. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. We need you and your rain gauge. It's time for the Rural Mutual Rainfall Report, and we need you to text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from, because every month we'll pick a winner that will get a digital weather station, courtesy of the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. And we congratulate Bob from Beaver Dam. He picked up the uh, April weather station courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. Well, Stu, I guess we're all kind of winners if we're using a rain gauge this morning, huh? Yeah, it's going to make a big difference getting a good shower out there. Uh, the Compure Financial Ag Weather Update does include that rain chance yet today. May not happen until late afternoon at Madison and Beaver Dam. Earlier, especially west and central Wisconsin. Temps in the upper 60s and low 70s still today with south winds at 5 to 10. Through the day today, there could be a new quarter to even half inch of rain, even at Eau Claire. That chance of rain lasting into the nighttime, but ending from east to west overnight. Nighttime lows in the low to mid 40s, with winds becoming northeast at 5 to 15. And then comes Tuesday, still mostly cloudy, clearing a bit in the west, mid and upper 50s, with the northwest winds at 5 to 15. At frost in western Wisconsin, late Tuesday night, early Wednesday, mostly sunny Wednesday, still not bad. Upper 50s and low 60s, Pam, north winds at 5 to 10. And just a small chance of rain just taking us into Thursday as well. So we may add a little bit to some hopefully going to be a reserve. Boy, I don't want to talk about frost too, too terribly much more in May, though, so... No, and that's just a little, I think their temps probably will drop down toward the mid-30s for a time, so some of those low spots may be an issue, but that should be about it. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Stu. Appreciate it.
Stumach, our ag meteorologist, with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. And again, I remind you, your Midwest Farm Report talk text updates are welcome. That number again, 877-301-3276. Brought to you courtesy, Compure Financial, for your ag weather update. Compure Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit Compure.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You already know that worms approve of our shredded topsoil. But did you know that seeds also love our special blend of garden mix? It's packed with nutrients that plants need to grow to their full potential. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com for delivery. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome processing plant. Then watch that garden grow with tons of fresh vegetables or beautiful plants and flowers. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Colaney Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. Tom Spitz. And David Fink of Settlers Bank. Freedom from fees means more to spend on what matters most. Our fee-free e-checking lets you easily manage your money. Our online and mobile banking with bill pay and person-to-person payments are all free. Freedom is found in the money you keep. Learn more at SettlersWI.com slash OpenMyAccount. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. People you know. Member FDIC. Equal Opportunity Lender. Compure Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compure Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Are you fairly fit but would love a little edge up? Are you entering middle age with a slowing metabolism and weak core? MSculpt may be your answer. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie is proud to be one of the first clinics in the area to offer this new muscle building technology called MSculpt. It's approved for building and toning abs, arms, butt, thighs, and calves. MSculpt works. One 30-minute treatment can be equivalent to 20,000 crunches or 20,000 squats. It's safe, effective, and painless with virtually no downtime. Sound too good to be true? Visit Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie to learn more. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. So you've got a bigger project that you're looking at this year. Well, guess what? McFarland's is your partner for success. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here for McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City or online, McFarland's.net. I'm talking about the bigger pieces you're looking at, the brush cutters, the pull-behind mowers, balers, tedders. Guess what? McFarland's has got the selection you're looking for, plus they service everything they sell. Go to the store, 780 Carolina Street, or shop online as well, McFarland's.net. At the American Lung Association, we're fighting for a day when we can all breathe easier. We're fighting for clear skies over every city and healthy lungs throughout the country. We're fighting to keep harmful secondhand smoke out of our public spaces and workplaces. And fighting to free millions of Americans from the addictive.
effective grip of tobacco and the devastating effects of lung disease. We're fighting for a day when kids no longer battle airborne poisons in their own homes or the fear of an asthma attack. The American Lung Association isn't just fighting for air. We're fighting for all the things that make it worth breathing, and we can use your help. Join us in the fight. Visit fightingforair.org and read about just a few of the many ways the American Lung Association is fighting to protect the air we breathe, both indoors and out. See what you can do at fightingforair.org. Do you suffer from chronic pain, stress, anxiety, or depression? Is sleep a struggle? Hi, my name is Tim O'Brien, owner of The Healthy Place. CBD has been working for my customers. While you have probably heard about me talking about CBD, I am on a mission to continue to educate on this natural alternative. We carry one of the largest and most reputable selections of CBD products in southern Wisconsin. Our AMM CBD certified wellness consultants are on the cutting edge of CBD knowledge and are trained to find the right brand and potency for your relief. Whether you're suffering from chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, or sleep problems, CBD works. With dozens of high-quality CBD products and brands to choose from, we can find you relief at a price point as low as a dollar a day. Visit one of our four Madison-based locations. Enjoy our live chat feature on our website. Check us out online with free shipping at findyourhealthyplace.com and free same-day delivery for our Dane County customers. The Healthy Place. Rob, how did we get to this point? Oh, by the way, the Packers did draft someone. Pick number 29, uh, Eric Stokes. We'll talk about him maybe. Yeah, will, 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 there, will, will there ever be a, le- a less scrutinized, you know, least discussed player in the history of, of the, you know, a first-round draft pick by the Green Bay Packers absolutely ignored on draft night? Yeah, does this guy get, like, a free pass for the rest of his career now? Like, yeah, people I, just I, forgot I, about you know, him? I, you know, people are just going to say, all right, Eric Stokes, you're good to go, you know. <laughs> You get a free pass, dude. You're fine. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers can beat up you. Players they were all trying to put out yesterday. That's for sure. Well, like the season will start and be like, who the hell is this guy, Eric Stokes? I don't remember him. <laughs> so, Rob, let's. Uh, I mean, Stokes, whatever. We have time to talk about him and dissect his career once it starts. But there's a guy named Aaron Rodgers, and there's also uh, some guys named Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, and Matt Lafleur, and they seem like they are at odds. How in the hell did we get here, Robbie? And what is going on? And uh, there's, I have so many questions. I guess I'll start with the first one. How did we get here? Yeah, I mean, we've certainly, you know, traced this path now dating back. I mean, yesterday was the one-year anniversary, right, of Jordan Love uh, being selected by the Packers. And, you know, I would say not coincidentally is when Aaron Rodgers chose to kind of leak all this news and, and drop the bombshell that he doesn't want to be a Packer anymore. So, it obviously starts there, you know, back in April of, of 2020 when, when not only they took the quarterback, Jordan Love, they traded up to do it. Um, th- there's obviously been a rift, and I have said this, you know, I think on your show and in many other places, Evo, for the last, the last couple of years, and you know, everybody comes to the podium and plays nice, but, it, but it's been clear Rodgers and LaFleur aren't always on, on the same page, much like he and McCarthy weren't. Um, here's a guy who is in the twilight of his career now, let's, let's, he's probably on about hole 15 or 16, has wanted more help and, and they haven't always given it to him. And now part of that is his, you know, is on him, Evo, because he, he carries one of the largest cap hits in the league every single year. And he hasn't been overly flexible about adjusting that contract. And he certainly hasn't 
hasn't done it this year, but he's wanted more help in the draft. He, you know, Evo last night marked the ninth time in the last 10 drafts that they've gone defense in round one. <laughs> so he hasn't gotten a whole lot of help, you know, in the wide receiver position, you know, or the, the offensive line at, at times. Now, now I would argue they had plenty of help around them last year, and that's why they led the league in scoring. So, um, you know, that, but, but that is certainly one of his beefs. And, you know, then Evo, I'm sure his personal life factors into this now as well. Um, he, he is engaged to a to a woman from Hollywood. So it's a it's a you know, let's just say he wound up on the West Coast. It's a it's a nice easy flight wherever he is. He obviously desperately wants this Jeopardy gig. That would be a nice easy flight for him. So I'm sure he's you know trying to lay all the groundwork for his second career while his first career is still going on. So it's it's it, it, it's kind of a perfect storm. It's it, it's a number of things. I it clearly far and away the number one thing. Is he was hurt, offended, angry, all those, you know, all all those things when when the Packers a year ago took Jordan Love. Brian Gutekunst said last night, and I think Brian Gutekunst was probably trying to take the bullet here to to defuse the situation a little bit. But he said communication could have been better with Aaron to let him know they were going in that direction to Jordan Love. I, I don't know that that's on Brian Gutekunst, and that's his job to to tell every employee in the building, you know, what he's going to do in the draft. But he was trying to take the bullet on that one. So. Evo, when you add all that stuff up, they're clearly at odds. Uh, you know, Rodgers, I think it was Florio at Pro Football Talk, uh, reported yesterday Rodgers doesn't like anybody in, in the management uh, team right now, which it's, it's no surprise. Rodgers doesn't like a lot of people. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you add it all up, Evo, and, and, and here we are. And, and I'll be honest, I, I think we're trending toward a repeat of the summer of 2008 when we had all the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers drama. Wow, oh my God, Rob Reichel joining us right now. Holy Nikes from Forbes.com. And Rob, okay, so I can't believe I'm going to ask this. I'm going to say this, but it's uh, something that's out there. The Niners, the Broncos, the Raiders were allegedly the short list. I've seen many tweets coming from some guys in the know in the NFL who also uh, work in radio uh, out there in Denver saying that, this is at 637 that the Broncos weren't going to be drafting a quarterback because they have a trade in the works and potentially done with Aaron Rodgers. And sure as crap, the Broncos then selected a cornerback, not a quarterback, with Justin Fields and Mac Jones on the board. So half of that tweet came true. Rob, can the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers and make this fiscally work with another team? Like, what's the dead, what's the cap hit, what's the money situation? Like, is this even fiscally possible? An industry that feeds the world is definitely an industry worth talking about. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, it would be a whole lot easier to try to feed the world if farmers had everything that they need at their disposal. But what we're finding in the growing season of 2021 is simple things like parts for your planter, for your tillage equipment, for your tractor, might be in short supply if available at all. And it doesn't stop there. How would you like to try to do research in a field but be unable to get your hands on the products you need to do that research? We're talking about it with Dr. Sean Conley, University Extension Soybean Specialist. He was telling me the other day that uh, 35 different varieties of seed that he needed for his research plots, unavailable because of uh, glitches in the supply chain one way or the other. He'll share that uh, experience and uh, give you a little heads up on what's happening with Wisconsin Soybean Research. That's up in about 15 minutes. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. 
So it's the first Monday of May, May 3rd. Did you know on this day back in 1999, a tornado produced the highest wind speeds ever recorded? It was an F5 tornado that hit parts of Oklahoma City, caused the record wind speed of 301 miles per hour. Now, the unfortunate part is, obviously, that kind of a terrible tornado can do some damage. 45 people were killed around the Oklahoma City area with that tornado, 665 injured on this day back in 1991. 99, I take that back, 1999. On this day in 1979, Margaret Thatcher was elected British Prime Minister. On this day in 1978, the Digital Equipment Corporation sent the world's first Spam email. And my goodness, look where that has taken us. And on this day in 1948, the very first broadcast of the CBS Evening News was launched. That is the longest running network news show in the United States. And now you know. I want you to know we're keeping an eye on policy development out in Washington, D.C. When the president introduced his American Families Plan, I bet you didn't realize that it could have a profound impact on family farms, not just in Wisconsin, but across the United States. There are some potential tax increases built into the American Families Plan that we need to keep an eye on. Michael Clements gives us as much detail as we've got this morning. The American Families Plan includes some tax changes of interest to agriculture. American Farm Bureau Federation Senior Congressional Relations Director Pat Wolf says there are three changes in the bill that could mean higher taxes for farmers and ranchers. One is an increase in the capital gains tax rate that would apply to any sale of land or buildings. The second is a curb on the ability of farmers to sell one asset and buy another without paying capital gains taxes. That's called like-kind exchanges. And the third is a new capital gains tax at death and the repeal of stepped-up basis. Wolf says the new capital gains tax at death comes with a promise that family farmers who meet certain qualifications would be exempt. AFBF President Zippy Duvall recently spoke with Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack on the issue. AFBF President Duvall did have a conversation with USDA Secretary Vilsack about the proposed changes to tax law. And Mr. Vilsack did say that he would work to make sure that family farms across America were protected from damaging tax code changes. Under current law, heirs inheriting farmland are allowed to increase the tax basis of the property to fair market value without paying capital gains tax. Preserving that, which is called the stepped-up basis, as it is, is the best outcome for farmers and ranchers. The proposal on the table comes with the promise that farms that continue in families won't have to pay, but there's no details on how that would work. And so it's important to move with caution. Learn more about the step-up basis at fb.org. Michael Clements, Washington. The Steffes Group has been selling everything from the latest combines, tractors, and tillable farm acreage to hay and livestock the Steffes way since 1960. You see, the Steffes way is about doing business and working with people the right way. It's about trust, commitments, responsibility, and all those principles that are important to us in the work and the services we provide folks like you. To find out more about the Steffes way, go to steffesgroup.com right now. The Steffes Group, selling land and the equipment to farm it. The Steffes way since 1960. 
Everyone at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin soybean community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com. Well, not much of a change for our Wisconsin dairy farmers and their paycheck. The Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service announced on Friday that the March milk price for our Wisconsin dairy farmers averaged $17.50 a hundredweight. That's about a buck and a half per gallon at the farm gate. That price was 30 cents higher than what dairy farmers were paid in February, but 60 cents lower compared to a year ago. The U.S. all-milk price was $17.40 a hundredweight, 10 cents lower than what our Wisconsin dairy farmers were paid. 23 of the 24 major dairy-producing states had a higher price compared to their February payout. If you want to see a state-by-state uh, lineup on who was paid what, I've got it up now at MidwestFarmReport.com. Markets in overnight activity this morning. Right now, we've got May corn up nine at seven forty nine a bushel. December corn's up eleven at five seventy four. The May beans are up twenty cents at fifteen ninety one. November beans are up nineteen cents at thirteen fifty nine. The wheat for July is up eleven cents at seven forty five a bushel. On Friday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained two at one eighty three and a half. 40-pound block cheese was down a quarter of a cent at a at $1.80. And double-A butter, that dropped five and a quarter cents to finish the week at one seventy-five and a quarter per pound. Pretty quiet as far as fluid milk contracts are concerned. June milk closed 11 cents higher at nineteen eighty-six a hundredweight. July milk closed unchanged at nineteen eighty-five a hundredweight. Commodity prices as a whole have been clicking higher. The Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service said in the month of March, the average corn price was $4.75 a bushel. That's a penny stronger compared to February, $1.24 a bushel higher than March a year ago. Soybeans were coming in at about $13 per bushel, unchanged from February, but up $4.70 a bushel compared to March of last year. All hay prices in Wisconsin average $159 a ton. That was actually down $7 a ton from February, $14 a ton below March a year ago. You know, farmers are trying to do their best to get the crops in the ground and hope for moisture, but uh, trying to find parts and even some of the herbicides that farmers depend on, not necessarily that easy. In fact, I learned a whole lot more about the parts and seed supply shortage many farmers are facing by chatting with Dr. Sean Conley, University Extension Soybean Specialist. He's going to join us and share that story, among others, coming up. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There have been multiple instances of scammers impersonating Madison police officers and detectives. A 27-year-old man told officers he was contacted by MPD officer Rick Foster and the caller ID displayed the MPD North District's main number. The victim was asked to send money through a money app. The victim later confirmed with MPD that this was a scam and nobody by the name of Rick Foster is employed with MPD. These types of calls are scams with people impersonating the authorities and conjuring up different schemes to 
fool people into giving them money. Remember, scammers can spoof your caller ID. Please visit the Federal Trade Commission Consumer Information website for more details on these types of scams and steps you can take to protect yourself. If you have any information regarding similar scams, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. You rarely think about it, and it often goes unnoticed until your basement or building floods. A reliable sump pump can be a lifesaver, preventing flooding by detecting water levels and pumping the water back outside, away from your home or business. If your sump pump isn't functioning, contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. They can replace your existing sump pump, floats, and check valves. They'll even upgrade your current system to include a battery backup system. The battery makes sure your system continues to work in the event of a power outage. Away from home? Receive pump activation alerts on your smart device. Enjoy peace of mind and improve the value of your property with an upgraded sump pump from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Time for a visit with our friends from the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. Of course, those are your soybean checkoff dollars at work, research, education, and promotion. Find more at badgerbean.com, coolbean.info. Always glad to have along with us Dr. Sean Conley, our University Extension Soybean Specialist. Here we go again, growing season 2021. I want to start off with something that's not really relevant just to soybeans, though, Sean, and that is the supply chain that farmers depend on. We'd heard rumblings about it before, but I don't think until we really started hitting the fields, we noticed two major areas, uh, the implement side of things, namely parts, and then the chemical side of things. If we haven't experienced those uh, supply chain issues yet, you're kind of cautioning folks. It's happening. Yeah, Pam, it's kind of a train wreck out there right now. What we're trying to do is, even on the soybean variety testing program that we run, we're, we had to start planting, and we were missing 35 varieties just because they couldn't get the seed here. Um, you know, COVID-related issues, but same thing on the chemical side. We're going to try and get some some herbicide to spray our wheat. They were out of every, everything we could find, so we had to basically just go squirrel some away somewhere. It's, it's, it's crazy. And I feel for farmers, so we're trying to do our best job battling these glyphosate-resistant weeds, and if we can't get the chemicals, we're going to be in a real big bind this year. Well, and the catch is, if you did get the first round, you better be scrambling for your backup or for your catch-all because, like you said, it's not refilling the channel as quickly as we need. Yeah, I've talked to some of the suppliers. They're not even going to get their first round of glyphosate until June 1, which is going to be just a disaster for some of these burn-down programs. And also, if you're looking out there, I think we're starting to see hoarding. Like, you know, we saw with toilet paper. We're starting to see farmers hoard, hoard chemicals because, they, you know, they don't know if they're going to need to spray a fungicide. So they're going out and buying it and putting it in, in the shed in case they need it. Now, for farmers that did uh, maybe uh, buy in advance, you know, laid the money down, assuming that the co-op was going to have your product, have you heard anything that's uh, readjusted that relationship? 
Yeah, I think it's straining a lot of relationships out there because from what I understand, it depends on the co-op. It depends on your relationship with that co-op. Some of them aren't, re- aren't refunding dollars as, as quickly as they, sh- they should be. You know, and they're like, well, it's coming. Uh, but I think that's, again, just how you have individual relationships with your suppliers. Well, and it's not just about the chemical side. Uh, for anybody that has a breakdown this year, if you don't have those parts inventories on your shelf, again, every anything that's connected with iron, it seems, is a problem. Yeah, when I'm working with these farmers out there and you see these breakdowns, and I see also on, on Twitter uh, all these issues with these GPS globes getting stolen, um, So, and they, they don't have any in the supply chain either. So I'd encourage farmers that those are worth a lot of money, and if you look online, and they've doubled and tripled in price, so you might want to share their lockdown on your tractor so they don't, they don't disappear as well. And is it just purely because other people want it? Is there a component within those GPS uh, uh, units that's worth something? It's it's just demand. I, th- I think the supply chain was um, you know slow at getting those out, and farmers need 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 them. You know they invest in new equipment, and they, their globes aren't here, and they're going on the internet, and if they're selling for three times what they're worth, you know. People are crazy. Well, and it's, I, I don't think it has to be anything high value like that either. Uh, disc blades, uh, anything like that that seems fairly common isn't so common anymore. It's amazing how fast criminals to take those displays off versus how fast I can put them on. <laughs> well, there we go. That's true. That's true. Dr. Sean Connolly in studio with us. He is, of course, our lead soybean researcher when it comes to Wisconsin and funded in part by your soybean checkoff dollars. So let's get right to that, Sean, and what you've got lined up for 2021 as far as research is concerned and also ways that farmers can get involved. How are things going for you and your team so far? This year's been going great. You know, it's been a little dry. Actually, we all could use some some rain, but the, the, we're planting at a record speed. Last year, we were all planted by by May eighth, and I expect to be that same thing as as well. Um, if you're looking at some of the projects, and we call this kind of citizen science, if you will, um, one of my graduate students, uh, Lindsay Chamberlain, has a soil health project where we send out these soil health test kits to farmers. They go pull soil samples for us. Um, send them back in. We run them for NP and K, and then we have these four different soil health metrics that we're running uh, to kind of get a baseline of where where we are in the state, but also trying to use those um, soil health metrics to be able to see if we can predict yield or if we can you know figure out how to help farmers with land valuation. You know, obviously, if you build soil health, that land should be worth more when you go to sell it. So I think there's a lot of ways farmers can, can use this information to, again, just set a baseline and then look over time of what practices they could implement on their farm to, to build these soil health metrics. So how hard is uh, getting involved in this kind of program? Uh, what do I do? Do you send me a kit? How can I get it? Yeah, it's really simple. You just go to my website, www.coolbean.info. Um, then you, you'll see an information there on how to download it. Um, we'll send you a kit up to four fields. You go out and sample. Then we just give you a pre-paid uh, mailing. You mail it back to us. We run all the, the analysis, and then we send you a report back at the end of the season. And does it matter if it's a corn or soybean field? I mean, what kind of, uh, what are you looking for specifics? We're typically looking for soybean fields, how that's the, the main jolt of this. A lot of this soil health work has been done and on corn already, uh, but we just don't know how these metrics work in soybeans. So I think that's really why we're focusing our efforts on the soybean side. And I, I am a soybean agronomist, so. Yes, that's right. Well, I, I sometimes forget with all the conversations we have. 
So that's one way that we can get farmers involved. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, some of the other information that you're trying to garnish from Wisconsin farm fields for Wisconsin farmers. What else are you thinking about this year? Yeah, so we have another cool project where we're using uh, machine learning techniques um, and artificial intelligence to basically predict what management practices you should do on your farm. And how we've done that is over the last 10 years, we've basically gleaned the internet. So any public information on soybean variety trials, management trials from across the entire nation, we've amassed into this huge database. We have looking at playing date, fungicide applications, seed treatments, you name it. We have all this management practices in this huge database. And then we've built this this AI tool using machine learning techniques to be able to get the GPS location from a specific farm. We put it into the system, and then we basically hit run. And what it does is it predicts what management practices farmers should do on that specific piece of, of dirt, if you will. So right now what we've doing is we're testing to make sure, A, does this thing work, or is it just you know a black box that's spitting out garbage? And we're really trying to focus in on breaking it this year and then trying to expand it. And my hope eventually is this would be a, a, a free tool uh, for farmers that they can be, as citizen scientists, citizen scientists put in their data, use all of the data that they've in there, generate it, hit run, and it spits out what they should be doing. Planning date, varieties, you name it, everything. Wow. That would be very is, – is anybody ahead of us with that kind of thing? I would expect Corteva and Bayer yeah. would have some of that, but I think this would be an opportunity for, for farmers to be able to you know, use their own data. It's, they're not selling it to anyone. They're not giving it to anyone. Well, they're giving it to me, but I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm not going to sell their data. And then use that information to really put prescriptions out on their, on their farm. So it's early on, but I think we have some, you know, as computing power increases and, you know, farmers are trying crazy stuff, we can put all that in the database because, you know, I can't do everything. I can't test every product, but farmers can upload it and we see what works and what doesn't. Well, and you've only got limited acres if it's a, a tillage, if it's a planting practice, any of those kinds of things, like you said, spreading it out across the state of Wisconsin is a quicker way to get some answers. That's right. I mean, farmers are, are doing some pretty innovative things out there. And, it's, and when you're looking at trying to get it to, to a site-specific level, the more fields, the more data, the more soil types, the better. And that just basically grows, grows the model and grows the power of, of this type of technology. Citizen Science Project. How about that? Dr. Sean Connolly, University Extension Soybean Specialist, making that opportunity available to you. If you want to get involved, pop on over to coolbean.info and you'll find all the information there. But like he said, trying to get all this uh, information directly from a Wisconsin farm field, really a critical component to making it effective. And that'll do it for the food news on a Monday. Tomorrow morning, we'll check in with our man, John Heinrich.